Morning, everybody. I got quite panicky yesterday, like everybody else, I should imagine. And I know that we've taken phone calls here at LBC from people saying, you know, I'm scared. Because you would be, if it's, if it's in an area where you are and things are happening, you would be scared. We've had people, apparently the residents of, uh, of Enfield, big up to Enfield this morning, decided they were taking matters into their own hands and patrolled their own streets. And, you know, I can see more of that. I see no reason why the actions of a few mindless cretins with the IQ of a cabbage are going to ruin our country and our life. It's not going to happen. I have a feeling, though, that it will go on for a few more days. I've just got this feeling it will go on for a few more days, and then eventually there won't be any more trainers left, and there won't be any more shoes and any more plasma... I mean, how many plasma screens do you need, for goodness sake? But it was so nice to see the... uh, the riot wombles out the other day. People who, who rallied to the call to go out there. Do you want to sweep up the streets? Do you want to make your area nice again? It's amazing that uh, in the areas which are pictured, Clapham and, um, and Hackney, I think, a place like that, that uh, they, they, they took to the streets. Shame the people who actually wrecked it in the first place weren't dragged out there screaming by their little girly haircuts and, uh, and made to sweep it up themselves. But other people pick up the pieces, and we do that very well. We did it in the wartime. We've done it every single time since. Every time there's a riot, it's never the people who, who create the mess and the people who, who cause the devastation and the loss of property and the loss of, of housing and uh, personal property. It's everybody else who gets out there going, we're going to sweep up the streets because we're proud of where we live. I can't help it. I did hear two girls yesterday, and they were on the television. They weren't seen. I think it was a piece done for radio. And they were asking them, you know, why are you doing this? I think they were in Croydon. And one of the girls said, um, she said, well, we don't like the government. And so the reporter said, well, um, um, and we don't like the police. The police, police don't respect us. It's this peculiar word, respect. And, uh, and then he said, but, but I can understand that, you know, if you don't think the police respect you. I don't see why they should have to respect you. You're supposed to respect them. They're the ones in authority. He said, but why are you wrecking your own area? And she said, because we don't like rich people. And you think, but they're not rich people. These are shopkeepers. The shopkeep- they, they don't have much money. If you seriously think a shopkeeper who's got a corner shop selling some newspapers, some fags, and occasionally a bottle of Lambrusco is going to be a rich person, then you're quite clearly a little bit deranged. And you feel like saying to them, so you're wearing this very expensive, uh, very expensive jewellery. Where, where did that come from? I work for that. Well, give it to me. No, it's mine. You think, but you're taking from other people... You know, you you quite clearly are living in this bizarre little bubble where it's a case of if you've got a BMW and I haven't got a BMW, I want a BMW. If you've actually got a nice watch and I haven't got it, I'm going to take it from you. And you think, well, why can't you work like everybody else? Why, can't you go- why, why wouldn't you want to be proud of going out there and actually doing something that makes you look as though you're a proper human being as opposed to just some little cretin who thinks it's very clever to, you know, to sort of shout at the police and abuse the police? Luckily... The papers are full this morning of photographs of people that the police would like to have a quiet word with. They were working very fast yesterday because what, what they actually discovered was that all the people, I think it was in Tottenham and a couple of other areas, they parked their cars to put all their booty in and then they discovered, of course, the police just write down the registration numbers. So they were round their houses within minutes and uh, so far we're up to about 760 arrests. It's fantastic. But the government have said... Uh, you know, we're going to come down hard on these people. What they haven't told us is, how hard? Are you going to hand out sentences, or are we going to see a bunch of lily-livered, you know, magistrates going, well, I'll fine you £50, and they walk out with a £50 fine, laughing and sneering and sticking two fingers up at us. I seriously think it has to be, it has to be a lot more than that. 
I think we have to be talking custodial sentences. And I discussed this with people yesterday. And they said, yeah, lovely idea. The prisons are over full. They're absolutely full to overflowing. There is nowhere where you can, where you can put people nowadays. And then they thought, why don't we bring in troop ships? And then you think, how about the local police station? They're full up. They don't have the room. I think in Twickenham, we have six cells. I think in Brentford, they've got a few more, and Richmond, I think, have got a few. But traditionally, police stations aren't geared up for this kind of thing. You know, if you need to put a lot of people away, what do you do? Pile two or three in a cell? You can't do that. So the most you could ever have in Twickenham is six people. They would have to then sort of ferry them over to Teddington. It takes up manpower. And then you've got to process these people. So 768 people have been arrested over the violence in London since Saturday. Now, what I want to see is I want to see some really harsh... Ju- what I don't want to see are these pathetic, stupid people walking down the roads with their little balaclavas on. Are they scared or something? The answer is, of course they are. They're scared of being identified. They're scared of being caught. Although, strangely enough, on the front of the sun this morning, they've, uh, they're, they're, they're quite clear pictures of people who, unfortunately, for some reason or another, took their hoods off for that brief moment, and that brief moment goes click. We've got you. And the son have said, name and shame. They're not too difficult. You can see them here. Um, no particular groups that they come from, but they're all people involved in looting and rioting and causing criminal damage. So what you have to do is you have to look at the pictures in the paper today. And there's a number, a free phone number. You can be totally anonymous. You just call up and you name names. And that's what you do. If you're proud of your city, if you're proud and you, you know, of, of where you live, if you're proud and you want to make your parents proud of you, and you're one of these young people involved in it, you go, I know that person, I go to school with that person, you call that number. You don't have to give any identification, they don't trace you, they're not interested. They just want a name on who these people are. And it's men and women and young boys. Even the little boy riding his little bike, he's been pictured as well. The one who was cycling away from Tesco with a load of booty that he hadn't paid for. And then you, you feel like, you, I mean, you almost feel like following the parents into court at the same time. And seeing whether or not anything could be could be done about it, but well, well done to all the people who got out there with their brooms and their brushes the other day, and they decided to start sweeping up the streets and making a difference because that's what it's about. It's this community spirit. You don't you don't tend to get it in London. People have always said, and I remember years ago when I first moved to London, and I've spoken to people from Manchester who moved to London, stayed down here in three or four months, then moved back up again. They said nobody talks to you. If you go to a club in Manchester. And this happened to me years ago. Dale and I went up to a club, and we were so... People speak to you. You're right. How are you doing? Hello. How are you? And they sit down and chat like they've known you for ages. Somebody talks to you on the tube in London, you, you, you kind of sidle away from them, don't you? You don't want to be seen talking to anybody. So nobody knows anybody. There is no... There is no sort of incentive for people to get to know their next-door neighbours. But I think now there is a real sense of community. There's a real sense of people wanting to get to know who lives next door to you. Don't you want to... Do you know who lives next door to you? I know who lives next door to me. Amanda knows... Well, I mean, she generally even poses herself on them on a Saturday night with a bottle of wine. She'll sort of go and knock at her, Hello, here again. And that... You should do that. It's, it's street parties that bring people together. And then you suddenly realise that you've lived near somebody who you've got loads in common with. These... These feral young men and women have got nothing in common with anybody. They don't represent this country. They don't represent their families. They're just thieving toe rags. That's what they do. They steal, and they steal from the likes of me and you. And what they do is they steal so that the next time round, the shops have to put the prices up to compensate for what people have thieved. You can watch it in Oxford Street. I've lost track of the amount of time I've watched people going in there. The, 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 the classic ones were these European gangs, where they didn't care about taking one item. They took whole rails 
And they would walk out with a rail, but at the same time as somebody was going out with a rail, somebody's doing it at the back of the store, and they had the classic scenario in Selfridges, where they had to... The store detectives don't know what, what to do. And when they, when they challenge them, they just dump all the clothes and, and walk off. And you can't do anything about it. And it, it became utterly ludicrous. They just... And then they carry on thieving again. But if you look at the picture on the front of the Metro this morning, and you've got Croydon here... And, to be honest with you, it's so sad. The middle of these houses and a whole road on London Road in Croydon just gutted. Front to back. Front to back. Now, there must be footage of these, uh, of these people who are doing it. And once you find them, then what, what you do is you, you take them into court. You get them in court as quick as possible. 84850, steve at lbc.co.uk. The one thing that we were grateful for in London last night is that it wasn't our turn last night. It was somebody else's turn, and we'll find out about that a little bit later on. But we'd love to hear your thoughts. As per usual, I know you've been calling in and speaking to, uh, to Christo and everybody else. Uh, that It dominates the papers again. There was one poor man in uh, Ealing who decided to confront some yobs who were setting fire to a wheelie bin, and uh, they, they set upon him, and he's now fighting for his life. And you think, these people don't live in Ealing. They definitely don't live in Ealing. I love the standoff yesterday. You know, what, what, what are we fighting against? You're fighting against 16,000 police officers on the streets now who are there and they've been told, listen, you use as much force as necessary. And it's about time. Because once you see these people with their little hoods off, you suddenly realise that they're little frightened people. And they don't actually have a brain cell between them. All the Premiership games facing the Axe, the England uh, matches off... Uh, tomorrow. We'll, I'll find out from um, Roger Foss, because we, we'll have a chat to him later on today, because a lot of theatres have decided... I've just said that. Tomorrow we'll talk to Roger Foss. And uh, and what we'll do, we'll find out whether or not it's going to be affecting the, the theatres greatly, because the one thing theatres need at the moment, especially, if, you know, as Westminster Council bring in the charging in London, and now something like this, theatres are going to be badly hit, restaurants are going to be badly hit, businesses that have been destroyed by mindless vandalism probably will not get back together. Why would you bother doing it? There was one, uh, one particular place. It's the fourth time, I think, in, in as many years that they've been, they've been vandalised and robbed. And it doesn't actually make it viable. Why should you have to have somebody's mother sitting there? They don't seem to discriminate against who they attack. I think possibly the worst picture I saw was of a young man standing there in his pants in the street because a yob, for want of a better description of him, had demanded he give him his clothes. And so he stands there and undresses in the street and hands his clothes over to this yob who goes off laughing. You've all seen the pictures, haven't you, on YouTube of the young man who was battered and beaten. And then they rob him as they're under the guise of helping him. They weren't helping him at all, I'm afraid. Police have, uh, have been cleared to use plastic bullets now. That'll be interesting. Perhaps we might start seeing a bit, bit more action on the street. You were all saying yesterday, why is there no tear gas out there? Why no water cannon? And the reason no water cannon, I believe, is because I think we've only got one. And we're not even sure if it functions at the moment. So that isn't an option. They've decided they're not going to bring in water cannon. Why have they not brought in tear gas? It's no good talking to people. You, you can't talk to these people. And they're certainly not interested in their community or community leaders, for want of a better description. So the answer is... Over to you. 84850, steve at lbc.co.uk. With the headlines, Rupert Bartia. Thanks, Steve. London experienced a much quieter night. Morning, everybody. 5.20. We breathe a slight sigh, just a very slight sigh this morning, uh, as we didn't get too much looting last night in London. It was just little sporadic outbreaks which took place. It was the rest of the country that felt the, fo- felt the full force of it. And when you watch it on the television, this, this snarling mob 
There must be so much hatred inside these poor, pathetic people. And as, uh, as Emma points out, she says, I'm getting increasingly angry with the excuses some people are making on behalf of the thugs. Many of us grew up in poverty, and the kind of poverty that didn't include expensive trainers. It's demeaning and insulting to hear that lack of money is the cause it isn't. These people don't have a cause. They're not marching for rights. They're criminals who know they can get away with their actions. I was brought up to believe that all actions have consequences. I fear that's lacking in the younger generation. It, it, it is, it's possession, isn't it? It is possession. And it's a case of trainers. And, and when they talk about, you know, uh, you know, we haven't got anything, I haven't got nothing, we haven't got this, we haven't got that, you think, well, where, what do you think the rest of us grew up with? Nothing. I was thinking last, I was sitting there, thinking last night, watching all this unfolding on the television, and thinking exactly that. We grew up with nothing. Absolutely nothing at all. We didn't have anything. But because everybody else was in the same position, it didn't really bother bother us in the slightest. We had a house. I don't think as children you ever sort of think where money comes from. You just assume that there's money to buy cornflakes. You can have cornflakes. You know, if you go to the cupboard and there's no cornflakes, you're kind of thinking somebody's forgotten to buy the cornflakes. You know, we actually go into a panic round here. If we run out of milk in a fridge, we start scouring the building for milk. But re- real poverty is something these people don't know about. Re- real, real poverty for them is they can't afford another piece of jewellery or some trainers or a plasma. But as most of them seem to spend all their times out on the street, what are they taking televisions for? They don't seem to sit in and watch... Do you think they know the finer points of loose women or they've ever watched the Jeremy Cut... Oh, well, they've probably appeared on it. But, you know, it's, it's one of those things, isn't it? You can't understand what their, what their raison d'etre is. What, 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 what do they want? apart from a plasma and some trainers. In which case, you know, so you've got the plasma and the trainers, so do you just want to stay in now and watch watch the television? Because I don't see any point in them actually going out on the streets. But we didn't have anything. And I thought, I'm, I remember, I don't think we went out and went, got to have the, those trainers, Mum. Different for kids today, I know, because there's far more designer outfits and they've got to have them. But I seriously thought the other day, and it would never work in a million years, of banning hoods. I don't quite see the purpose of hoods. Unless you're in a pop group... In which case, you just wear it on stage and walk around like East 17 or something like that. But if you're walking about on the streets and some of these people with masks on, and you begin to think, you're a little bit stupid, aren't you? You're not all there in the head, I'm afraid. There's something missing. It's called brains. They don't, they don't seem to want to learn anything at school. They don't, they don't want to respect their, their parents, which we discussed a lot yesterday. And Stephen Slough says, uh, I can't remember my father or grandfather sitting me down and actually teaching me, you must respect the police or you must not steal or you must not riot. But I learnt by example. I learnt to save for what I wanted. I can't understand where this idea of I want something so I'll just take it came from. Yes, I mean, I don't think... I'm, I'm trying to think, actually, on all those days. You must not steal. I think you learnt that, you know, as a, as a Ten Commandment. But you, did, but you didn't do it. We, we were sort of taught, you know, you wouldn't like it. I think my parents must have said to me at some point... You wouldn't like it if somebody did it to you. So why would you do it to them? And I think that's what... Because you learn... My parents didn't steal. But I suppose if you come from a family where the mother sits there smoking cigarettes all day and staring out the window because she's too bored, then it's going to go down to the children, isn't it? I, I love the idea that people say there's not enough for them to do. And I'm thinking, well, do we have to provide entertainment for you as well? You know, so you you must have a television at home, I'm assuming. Not that we think you spend very much time in. I mean, why don't you go around to friends' houses and play music like we used to? You know, you, and you'd walk to a friend's house. Walk miles or take your bike. I never even thought about, you know, respecting the police. You just assumed because they were in authority. It's like teachers. You respected teachers. But I've seen so many cases now of parents going into school and attacking teachers. I mean, it, it became, as far as I'm concerned, 
you know, sort of the thin end of the wedge when we read years and years ago that people attacked nurses in A&E on a Friday night. People went into A&E because they were too boozed up or something like that. And, um, and they, they would attack nurses. And that almost became sacrosanct, didn't it? It's when you see old people being attacked and, uh, and children being attacked... And, and now it's everybody. They don't seem to think about anybody. Whereas you really feel, as I say, like, you know, when you watch the guy on the television walking away, having robbed this other guy who's in a bit of a daze because he's been, he's been attacked by a mob, and then they open up his, his rucksack. He doesn't know what's going on because they're sort of pretending at the front, still looking after him, but at the same time they're robbing him. And then the guy walks away and throws the stuff on the ground that he's just robbed from him. You really want to go up there with a snatch squad, grab this guy strip him and hang him up to dry from a tree, you know, and people throw rotten fruit at him. Because uh, there isn't any deterrent. They're not bothered by the police. They're really not bothered by the police. They're not bothered by, you're going to go to prison. So? I'm on benefits anyway. Don't make no difference to me. They'll just pay the benefits in it. There's no deterrent. Whereas, can you imagine years ago, if somebody said to you, right, that's it, call in the police. No, don't call the police. You know, you'd be seven years old and your mum, I'm going to, I'm going on the phone now. I'm going to call the local policeman. He'll come. No, don't, don't. And you, be, you became quite panic stricken, didn't you? That the very idea that the police might become involved because, you'd, I mean, every time you saw a police, you practically lifted your hat. You know, you, and it was that other deterrent. You wait till your dad gets home. Now, that, of course, for many of these people on the streets, is not an option, because many of them don't have a father. They have what's commonly known as an absent father. In other words, father has got lots of children, and mother's stuck in a flat. They've got nowhere to go. They can't work because they're either pregnant with another child, or they just, they just don't want to work. There's no, there's, no, there's no pride in doing anything. You think you want everything, but you have to go out and work for it. Do they seriously think that all these shopkeepers in Tottenham, Tottenham all places, you know, a run-down inner-city area, Hackney and everything, do they think that all these shopkeepers are sort of driving around in multi-million pound cars and living in really expensive houses? No, they're not. They're scrabbling to... How much profit do you think there is on a newspaper they're selling for 45p? I mean, there isn't very much. They have. To, that's why all these little corner shops diversify. So they do bread, butter, bait. Thank God for it, because many's the time, even though they were a little bit more expensive, you had to go there. So to take away that option out of the community is really rather stupid. It's cutting off your, you know, your hand to spite your face. There's no point. You've got no. If our present prison system are overcrowded, why don't we do build bigger prisons, Steve? Well, it's a thought, isn't it? I think we might have to to be honest, in this situation. We might have to. Nice to see Boris on the television last night. Didn't take him long to slot into the latest bud word, robust. Yes, robust has been a very good word that everybody's used. And then dribbling on about London being one of the safest cities in the world. Nonsense every week, stabbings and shootings. It's not a safe city. Well, they said that about New York. People said to me, oh, New York, terrible. I've walked round Times Square at four in the morning. I've walked round here, well, I have to, at four in the morning to come into the building. And to be honest with you, occasionally I'm a bit more wary now. If I hear noise behind me, I'm inclined to look into a shop window to see if I can see what it is. And I've sometimes only got a short distance to do. But, uh, you, you know, it's, it's just called being aware. If you're aware of your surroundings, then it's much better. As they say, Steve, they can't get jobs. Maybe part of the punishment should be that they have to clean and help rebuild the buildings they destroyed. Well, I think they're all probably in bed, aren't they? You don't see any of those people who who are pictured in the paper today, out there with a broom in their hand, going, listen, I got caught up in it, I'm really sorry, my mum's seen me on the television, I'm really in big trouble now, and so I've come out to do my best. You don't, no, no, nobody ever says now, I'm sorry, 
I apologise. I'm sorry that I destroyed... You know, it would be nice, wouldn't it? Occasionally you get somebody years later who's nicked a library book and they go back and, and they say, oh, no, here's, here's your three quid that I owe you in the fine. It'd be nice if some of these, uh, these mindless young men and women... Uh, would actually go back and apologise to the people whose businesses they have destroyed. You heard Adrian Mills on this programme yesterday. I mean, it was just compulsive listening. You have to podcast to hear it. And uh, his, his staff in the restaurant up at Ealing must have been absolutely petrified out of their life. Petrified. And then this mindless vandalism, you know, having ripped the till out of the wall. So it's money, isn't it? Because they are criminals. They obviously want money to feed a drug habit or to buy another pair of trainers. But as they spend most of their life nicking trainers and plasmas, I don't really see what they want the money for. Doesn't actually sort of, uh, doesn't actually solve anything at all. 84850, steve at uk. There's no easy solution to this. There's no good talking to community leaders because I don't think that works at all, I'm afraid. This is uh, LBC. The time now, 5.30. From the LBC News Centre, I'm Rupert Bartia. It's been another busy night of disturbances on the streets, with most of the disorder happening outside of London. Manchester and the Midlands have suffered the most, with shops being looted, police attacked and cars and buildings... I was just thinking a minute ago, and it's nice to have your company this morning, it's LBC 97.3. Even if we did send these people to prison, which I'm assuming that that will be the option... Does that actually solve the problem? God, I was becoming quite woolly liberal-minded a minute ago. I was, I was sort of hang and flogging brigade yesterday. Now I'm thinking, if you send them to prison, does that solve anything or make them become even more bitter and twisted and desperate to get their own back? Somebody was... Uh, there was a reporter who, uh, who went out and questioned, I think somebody from Sky, and was talking to somebody looting and said, what are you doing it for? He said, we actually pay, pay taxes. We're getting it back. And he went, getting it back by looting? He went, yeah. And you think, that's the mentality you're dealing with. You can't, you can't follow that. One of the editorials in one of the papers today, after Birmingham, Bristol, Peckham, Liverpool, Croydon, all erupted uh, last night, says it's time to reclaim the streets. The sickening rioting in the past few nights has shamed the nation. Feral youths hell-bent on violent chaos. Of course, once you actually get them in court, they'll all be quite smartly done up. There'll be a few coming out with hoodies on, sticking fingers up, but uh, the rest of them will go in like little girls and come crawling out again, lest their, uh, their family go, is that our relative? Oh, dear, how embarrassing. Uh, they've ruined communities across Britain. Innocents have been battered, homes gutted, livelihoods destroyed. It isn't about political grievances. It's got absolutely nothing at all to do anything like that. This is to do, unfortunately, with sheer mindless yobbery. It's thieving on a grand scale. That's all it is. And for all the people who stood around watching it and filming it, shame on you. Shame on you for taking part in something and pretending, oh, I'm nothing to do with this. You're as much a part of it as they are. Britons are fighting back. Proud Britons are fighting back, and so we should. Doing it peacefully, clearing up the mess, helping the injured, and giving those who've lost their homes a roof over their head. They're the true heroes. All these people who just turn up to watch people smashing in a shop window, they're as mindless as the people doing it. But this country will not be beaten by thuggery and abuse. It's not the British way. We must continue to show that that famous blitz spirit and defy the violence and intimidation. The authorities will restore order and peace, and then the streets of Britain will be ours yet again. Unless, of course, you think differently. 84850, steve at PJ says, even the most rose-tinted liberal has got to ask, why no water cannon, tear gas, army not brought in by now? People saying, well, if this and that need to deal with the here and now. Sikhs protecting their temple last night. One of the most powerful things I've ever seen. I mean, I think, actually, now the police have been given the, uh, the right to go out and use rubber bullets, then I think they have to do that. 
I think they have to do that. Uh, my kids, says Sarah, have not left our home since it started. I'm a skint single parent. God knows. My teenagers, boy 15, girl 13, need some trainers, flat screen and phone. Uh, they're taught by me. Work hard, be proud. To all lazy parents, report your kids. Do them a favour. We've had parents do that before. My son, the drug dealer. They report them. You do that. Make sure you, you know, try and be a responsible adult. It's no good getting... Oh, I couldn't possibly comment on anything like that. Teach them. You know, if, if you start nicking, you go to prison. And then your life finishes. It's ridiculous. Young single mum, my kids are my life. And life's been made harder by many I know. Was brought up by a strong single mum myself. All people are made different, not all stereotypes. Absolutely. Absolutely. Everybody. But you still have a moral obligation. You still know, I don't care who you are, you still know the difference between right and wrong. And as lots of people have pointed out to me over the last few days, there is no such thing as poverty in Britain. Not poverty, not real poverty. We have benefits, we have social grants, people can get things. There's no real poverty. You want to see real poverty? Go around the world. Go to Brazil. Go to parts of India, you'll see real poverty. Go to parts of China, you'll see real poverty. They haven't got poverty over here. Do you think they have a benefit system over in China? I don't think so. Do you think in Afghanistan, people queue up, you know, and sort of say, um, I'm, I'm looking for social housing and child benefit? I don't think so. Sal says, I have to work for my money. I don't own a huge TV. I don't have a huge TV either. I work. What, what amazes me is that these people... That's, that's why it was quiet last night. Somebody's pointed out, it was so quiet, they're probably all watching the television. I was quite amazed that, you know, it's moving pictures. Look, colour. Look at this. You can see... Oh, amazing, isn't it? What I find depressing, says Peter in Beckton, is that these thugs are going to be the parents of the future, instilling the same lack of morals in their kids. Of course. Because they start off with this huge Harry Ramsdens on their shoulder. Oh, sorry, Chip. And they, and they, and they start off with, we don't like the police. And you think to yourself... But the police are there... For, do, you not, do you understand the role of the police? They're there to make the streets safe for people like us, for all of us. It doesn't matter who you are, it's for you. And if somebody's going to be the rotten apple in the barrel, we take them out the barrel and we get rid of them. But that's why I was thinking whether or not prison is a good idea, but then I can't think of anything else. They don't care about tagging. I mean, tagging's a bit stupid, isn't it, really? NASA says we should have brought the French police into London. They would have stopped it before it started. You can imagine the South African police, can't you? As I said yesterday, they'd be wading in, there'd be tear gas, bullets and everything else, whipping out the people who they think are leading it. You've only got to get one or two of them, and they see their, their, their little friends being arrested, and, uh, and they collapse like the proverbial pack of cards. Now, of course, the police are studying, and there's going to be hundreds more arrests. They're looking at Twitter... They're looking at Facebook. They're looking at Blackberries. The companies have handed over all the details. Every single text has been studied. Key words, if they're thrown up. You know, because all you have to do... You know, if I was thinking of starting a riot... God knows it wouldn't be that difficult. Uh, all you have to do is send out a tweet to all the thousands of people that receive tweets from me. And you can and just say, meet LBC Studios, 9 o'clock tonight. We're having a party. And that's it. And all of a sudden, 9,000 people get that message. You know, years ago, you had to go to the phone box. I've got enough money. Got some money here. Find two. Hello, Fred, could you go next door and... T yeah. Hang on, the money's run out. Nowadays, you can reach thousands of people just by going onto the internet. And that's what... I mean, it is possible to close it down. I saw somebody talking to an MP the other day uh, and explaining... You, you can actually close the phone system down. And they go, really? You get, yes, you can close it down. It is actually possible to do. And you can take these, uh, these people's phones away from them. You can check all the messages. They're all there. They're all in the system. Lynn said the, the riots have moved up north. Do you remember months ago the government said that minor offences like stealing wouldn't go to prison? 
I don't think this is just a minor offence now. I think this is... Because it isn't just stealing. This isn't just shoplifting. This is actually breaking in to premises. And not just shops, but breaking into houses. Thieving from houses. Small wonder in certain pockets of London there are private security firms there. I don't think that the uh, the scumbags are clever to remember this, but uh, I'm like yourself and millions of people, sick of mamby-pamby justice. I think we want to see something, don't we? I think as, as a nation, we want to think that if you do something wrong, there is a price to pay. If you attack a policeman, then there is a price to pay for that. If you break into somebody's property and set fire to it, you're going to pay for that. Some way, somehow, they're going to make you pay. It's because you want to see a deterrent. Some people are, are, are very good and say, well, you know, perhaps... I mean, I applaud those people who went out on the streets of Hackney with their brushes the other day and they swept up the streets. I think that's... It'd be nice to see more people in Hackney getting out there, as opposed to sort of sitting there on their bottoms doing absolutely nothing. Uh, Dan says... Oh, crikey, I mean, it's been a long while. But he says, uh, hope you're OK. He says, uh, so much happened. He said, we lost my mum last Tuesday after a long battle with, uh, with cancer. And uh, he said, I'm a bit soft. She spent the last nine months stuck in bed. Sadly, it, uh, it looks as though we're going to be having to move from Twickenham. Uh, oh, dear, it's dreadful. So they're, they're sort of sorting things out. And they're looking at Bracknell. I've got a friend who lives in Bracknell. It's nice, Bracknell. It really is. But they've got so much to, uh, to sort out. Oh, what a bad day for you. Bad day. But he said she did spend the first four and a half years of our married life looking after... No, sorry, we, we spent uh, all the time looking after mum. And uh, it's, it's very difficult. He said, I've got to concentrate on Danny and the girls. Listen, you look after yourself. You look after yourself. Oh, I hope you don't move from Twickenham just yet. <laughs> I don't like the idea. I don't like change, I'm afraid. I'm not very good at change. I'm not very good at it at all. I'm sorry to hear about your mum. I think that's, uh, that's absolutely terrible. That really is. It's not, it's, not, it's not pleasant, but it's something as you get a bit older, you go through. You know, and, uh, and it's, it, it's never nice. It's never nice. So, uh, thoughts are with you and the family. Mark says, I seem to remember we used a prison ship years ago. Where is it now? Yes, I, I mentioned to somebody the other day that we had a, a prison ship somewhere. Wasn't it moored off the coast of something? I can't remember. Uh, 84850. Uh, I've spoken, says Maria, to the infamous Jean. She tells me at St James's Road in Walthamstow, the kids were selling TVs for £20 and the people were buying them. Well, you see, that's the trouble. I mean, most people will be pinching this stuff to sell, wouldn't they? I'm assu- I mean, you wouldn't be that stupid to sell on eBay, would you? No, surely you would. Surely not. Surely not. Uh, 84850. Uh, feel the need, says Zara, to mention that the three brothers who were run over by rioters as they protected their local businesses in Birmingham have since died. And there's, uh, there's talk of that all over the internet at the moment. See, the, the moment you get loss of life in there and people trying to protect their businesses, and it happened in, in Los Angeles... It's, um, it's terrible, really, isn't it? That, that, that so much carnage comes out of it, and so much sadness, and so much anger, that you almost get beyond anger. You're almost getting to the stage now where you think, I don't really know how much more angry I can become, or frightened. Because, quite clearly, it's one of those situations that we've never experienced before in our lives. We've never known anything as bad as this. 84850, steve uk. Steve, I shall join the riots, says Mark. Not to steal, not to fight the police and not to protest. I intend to walk into the crowds dressed as Where's Wally. You know, it'd be nice if you could. I mean, I, I still think, you know, there's got to be something because all they do is just run around these people and it's not, not quite enough, I'm afraid. Social corruption, 
says Taz. Nobody wants to step in and take the blame. Well, there is no blame culture, is there? We, we don't do blame in this country. Sorry, it's your fault. No, no, no. They were just in the wrong place at the wrong time. But we've actually got pictures of them. Co- no, no, no. It wasn't their fault. They, they were led astray by older people. I mean, it is, it's a shame, really. It, it's, not, it's not the police's fault. It's not the system. It's the way you discipline your child, says Taz. I myself have been brought up to fear the police, as well as my parents. My morals, values and faith is what holds me. And by the way, I'm perceived by others. I know, you see, that makes me a nice person. But that's what it came down to yesterday and the day before when we were talking to people. And I asked my friend Michael the other day, I said, if you walk past a shop and the door was open, would you go in and take something? He said, of course I wouldn't. I said, well, some people would. I said, us, we would pull the door too, thinking maybe they'd left it open. 84850stevenlbc.co.uk. More of your uh, texts and emails. It, 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 isn't, it isn't blame culture anymore. I don't think you can blame anybody. It's easy to say the parents aren't there, the parents don't care, nobody's looking after them. This is, this is just mindless vandalism and people running with the pack. They're like a little pack all over the country running in and you can see them laughing and smiling outside even though the cameras are on them. But as I say, if you look at some of the papers this morning, the police are looking for your help. Uh, to identify these people. They're not difficult to identify. You will identify them. We will have names. And the police can then go and chat to them about some of their activities. Quarter to six. Was the news headlines. Rupert Bartier. London experienced a much quieter night than in recent days, with no looting confirmed. 16,000 police were on the streets overnight, with reports of groups of residents taking matters into their own hands and patrolling communities in Enfield, Southall and Lewisham. However, the riots that caused so much destruction in London on Monday night spread to other cities in the country. Manchester was the worst affected, with looting, violence and arson widespread throughout the city centre and in Salford. Other problems in the Midlands, Birmingham, Wolverhampton, West Bromwich, Liverpool, Bristol, Gloucester and Nottingham. Back in London, LBC sources have confirmed that at least 40 cars were torched overnight. Other fires were confirmed in Tottenham, Enfield, Poplar, Thamesmead, Crayford and Burnt Oak. There were also confirmed reports of minor disturbances around the city in Eltham, Enfield, Canning Town, Crouch End, Muswell Hill, Highgate, Burnt Oak, Thamesmead and Brentford. At nine this morning, David Cameron will chair a meeting of the government's emergency committee, COBRA, the second in 24 hours. Now with the travel, here's Rachel. Thanks, Steve. Well, several roads are still closed. Morning, every eight minutes past six. Nice to have your company this morning. Welcome to Wednesday, August the 10th. And uh, yet more images around the, uh, around the country uh, as we see uh, more fires burning. We'll hopefully uh, have a talk to uh, our colleagues up in uh, Birmingham. We'll also be chatting to our reporter, Dan Friedman. We'll play you what the mayor said. Yesterday, and we take all your texts and emails on 84850stevedlbc.co.uk. And this community spirit, which is, which is taking over in Enfield, uh, down in Southall, where uh, a lot of the Sikhs lined up thinking and fearing that maybe if somebody was going to attack their temple, they were going to make sure that that did not happen. And uh, over in Enfield, uh, a lot of the residents took to the street to guard their own properties. Have you done anything like that? We're also asking what is the deterrent for these young people. They seem to have no fear, no, no, no worries about the police whatsoever, because uh, they're quite happy to, uh, to be seen taunting the police on all the television programmes. Nick Ferrari will be getting a full round-up of the events just after the news at seven, looking at the response from the emergency services, speaking to the London Mayor Boris Johnson to get the latest, and asking if you think the heckling he received was justified or unfair. Nick will also be examining the IPCC statement regarding the death of Mark Duggan. And in the final hour of the programme, we'll be celebrating the positive community spirit that has emerged as a backlash to the recent violence. And that's the one thing that keeps us together as a country 
country. I refuse, and you do as well, to be sort of pushed around by a bunch of mindless, pathetic, spineless morons, I'm afraid, who haven't got a brain cell between them. But as the son of uh, named and shame, well, they, they've put their, their pictures up. They want you to name them. They need help there, and then they can pass them on to the police. It's about time that we started uh, fighting back. There's a, a picture of the poor teenager battered, surrounded by more than a dozen jobs, and uh, he's being helped up, but unfortunately at the same time they're robbing him, blind. Then there's a teenager forced to strip and hand over his clothes to somebody who's quite clearly identified. Why on earth you'd want to take somebody else's clothes is totally beyond me. And uh, what they're all saying now is, well, in fact, um, David Lammy is saying, they should shut down the phone message system because uh, that's the one thing that seems to be moving these people around the country. It's more of your texts and emails coming in. This nonsense about poverty and being brought up by one parent, Steve. That was the case during the Second World War, while the fathers fought and died for our freedom. Uh, if prisons are full, they should force the young offenders to enlist in the army and fight for the country. Not so tough then. We had this the other day, didn't we? We had the idea of sending them out to Afghanistan. Uh, Steve, this is from uh, Usma. Send these kids to India or Africa, they'll see real poverty. They're not poor, they're just greedy. I'm angry and disgusted. It is greed, it's having the... Ne- but we, we've also helped them do that, haven't we? By putting in magazines and glamorising certain things. You know, we, we sort of glamorise people now who behave badly and you become celebrities. And we put them on television programmes. And, you know, and by this, we've, we've highlighted cases over the years where you have prostitutes who go on television programmes talking about their exploits and they become celebrities. So, in fact, we've actually made it worse for ourselves. We now tell them, we have magazines devoted to style. You must have these trainers. They're £150. Well, who are you appealing to? You know, somebody like, you know, somebody who, who works in a department store probably couldn't afford to buy those trainers. Somebody who's actually unemployed couldn't afford to buy them at all. So they go out and they steal them. And that's the problem. I've now seen on the internet last night, says Xavier, somebody in London selling 40 new and sealed iPhones for £320 each. The email address was there. Interesting. Interesting. I'm sure that the, the police will follow all of these up. Uh, let's cross to our LBC reporter now. He's uh, out there in the thick of it, Dan Friedman. This morning we find you in Croydon, Dan. Good morning. Yeah, thanks, Steve. Um, you find me in Croydon, where the clean-up effort is uh, continuing apace. I'm just uh, sort of looking ahead of me uh, south along London Road in Croydon, and uh, it really is a scene that you thought you'd never really see in London uh, since the Blitz or something. I'm looking at a building that honestly looks like it's been bombed out. It's got all of its uh, insides on the street in front of it and bits hit hanging from charred windows. It's uh, quite an old building. There's no roof whatsoever. It looks literally on the verge of collapse. There's uh, firefighters sort of uh, standing around just uh, training one hose on it and just, I suppose, cooling things down a little bit. And um, there's just two completely burnt out cars. One, I think, looks like it might have been a van. No front on it whatsoever. No wind, no glass in it. Completely charred. Another car in front of the building. It is an absolute sight of devastation. And about 100, maybe 200 yards in front of me, completely cordoned off. Much of Croydon, it's a similar story. This area has seen some of the worst of the violence of the last few days. Now, let's speak to a resident here, Keith, who's lived in Croydon for uh, quite a long time. Keith, uh, what do you make of what you see before your eyes this morning? It looks like you said, as the Blitz is a disaster. It's um, random thuggery from mostly children, I think. And um, some of them white and some of them black. So I, I think we shouldn't get this idea that it was all black people because there was a lot of white people amongst them as well. And uh, I walked through the town yesterday 
in the morning and heard some of the comments from some of the people who are obviously involved with it who uh, thought it was really, really cool what they've been doing. And I, I find that very, very sad indeed. Well, they were surveying essentially what they'd so-called achieved the night before. That's what they were doing and they were planning the next night. Uh, it was shocking. I also saw something that shocked me and, and it was um, a, a black woman who was standing there by McDonald's relaying information to her cohorts, telling them which was the best way to come in and uh, also where the police were. And she was probably 30, 35 years old. I found that shocking too. So it seems like their parents coordinating the youngsters. And in terms of the practicalities, I mean, how much of your hometown, Croydon, is now completely out of bounds? Well, the entire London Road from here, as far as I know, to Central Croydon, West Croydon Station, that's out of bounds. Uh, Reeves Corner, beautiful building, is now gone. That's, uh, that's out of bounds. The tram line goes past there, so there's no trams anymore. It's a scene of devastation. It's really very, very sad to see what's been happening to our country. And um, it, it, I find it very worrying. It, I, I think it's a war zone, and it frightens me to think that we could easily have a civil war in our country because sooner or later people are going to become really unhappy about it, dissatisfied, and they're going to start fighting back. Um, just, just to, uh, of course, let you know that there wasn't actually that much violence, of course, last night. Um, there was something like 16,000 police deployed yes. on the streets. Do you think that the government and the tactics now are right, that they've, that they've, that they've clearly managed to get a grip of this? Um, I, I th they should have had more police to begin with. But I think what's happened is that the, the people who did it have, have had their thrill for the night or two. And that they're content now that they've uh, had some fun and probably they won't come back because of that. I think it will just cool down very quickly. You don't think that if the police let their guard down, say, tonight, there might be a, a resurgence? Um, I, I can't speculate on that. It's, it's, it's impossible to know, and the police are the experts on that. I, I just hope that I don't um, get attacked in my own home again, because I've been attacked twice this month. Terrible. Actually in my home. Dan, I've got to okay, leave it there. You. Thank you very much indeed, though, for that. Terrible stories coming out of Croydon. And if you look at the pictures in the uh, the paper today, it really is. They've decimated the area. It's, it's so sad. Our reporter Dan Friedman down there in Croydon. 16 minutes past six. With the news headlines, it's Sam Pittis. Police have faced rioting across the country. Seven. Morning, everybody. It's Steve Allen's early breakfast. 6.20 is the time. We're coming to you live from Leicester Square, taking your... Uh, your points of view on the uh, rioting that took place over and, uh, and around the country. We'll contact Birmingham very, very shortly. And we take all your emails and texts, 84850stevedlbc.co.uk. Serena says, both my parents brought me up. If I did something wrong, I must accept the consequences of my actions. If I stole something, they would report me to the police. Uh, another one here. This is from, uh, on the subject of the, uh, the prison ship, uh, Phil in Shepherd's Bush says, uh, I did actually sit, it was moored up near Portland Bill, near Weymouth in Dorset, and uh, I went to, uh, to visit somebody on there, as you do, and uh, that, would, that would solve the problems, because the, the problem that we have at the moment is the fact that the prisons are full to overcrowding, the police stations are absolutely chock-a-block, because they just don't have the facility for handling this number of people. And so the argument that I'm putting forward is, where do you put these people now? If indeed sending them to prison is the answer, and then we were asking you what you think would be the solution to the problem. What would be a deterrent for these people? They don't seem to have any, any fear of the, uh, the police. They're not remotely bothered about authority. And as somebody else pointed out to me, if this is about poverty, as a few have, uh, 
have actually struggled through when they've been interviewed by people. It's about poverty. Why are they just not taking food from supermarkets? What on earth has a trainer got to do with it? 84850stevedlbc.co.uk. There should be a 9pm curfew, Steve, unless going or coming from work and anybody on the streets after that should be arrested. If it's a kid, the parents should be arrested. Andrew's 17, he says, you're not fair, you pick on us teens and kids, there were adults in the riot as well. Absolutely. Well, we, could, we don't say kids and teens, we call them young people. We call them young people, so that's what we do. And uh, there were many of them there, school children, who shouldn't be there at all. Uh, ben says, that uh, prison ship, we sold it for scrap. Just when you need it, we sell it for scrap. Let's have a chat to uh, Sarah Poole now, from in our Birmingham newsroom. Sarah, good morning. Good morning. So a busy night for you up there, I'm afraid. Yes, indeed. Uh, police have been dealing with loads of disorder and violence again in Birmingham, and this time it moved to like Wolverhampton and West Bromwich, sort of in the outskirts in the black country overnight, uh, with a total of around about 109 people arrested. Uh, we now have just heard in the last few minutes that a murder investigation's also been launched. Uh, two men were killed in a road accident just outside Birmingham city centre, uh, but we're not. Set, no, we don't know at the moment if that's all linked to the disorder police aren't really telling us much about that just that there's been a road accident um, and we've also had reports overnight that a gun was fired uh, towards a police officer in Aston um, which is just outside Birmingham city centre again. Right were the, were, the, were the police actually prepared for it Sarah or not? Yes, they say they were much more aggressive prepared this time. Um, they had sort of 400 police officers out on the streets patrolling um, and riot teams. And they say, you know, um, we've just spoken to the chief constable and he said um, that they do feel like they've dealt with it a lot better um, on this second night. Right. And will they be expecting more trouble tonight? Will there be the same amount of police presence on the streets as you had last night? They're saying police are going to be out on the streets, uh, but they're not really sort of anticipating anything just yet. Um, so we'll probably hear more a bit later on this morning and later on this afternoon. Right. Are these people that actually come from the area, Sarah, or do you think that they're people that have come from outside the area? Oh, hard to say. We spoke to um, a local MP in West Bromwich um, and he, you know, he didn't believe that they were locals. Um, but, again, you know, I wouldn't really like to speculate. Right. Uh, I'd like to think not, really. Yes. And have you had many arrests? Uh, yeah, we've had about 109 arrests, um, which brings the total about 200 over the two nights. Uh, right. 90 people have been charged and doing court this morning. Right. And so they... And do we know? I mean, we, we've been trying to get uh, answers from the Prime Minister. It doesn't, hasn't done us much good so far. I've tried to find out whether or not they're going to hand down harsh sentences for those who are convicted of crimes. Again, no word on that here either. Uh, it's sort of police are being really careful about what they do tell us. Um, so again, no, wouldn't like to really sort of say. Right, you back on duty again tonight? Yeah. <laughs> <Another> g- yeah. <laughs> I, I can hear the trepidation in lots your voice. Lots of coffee. Lots and lots of coffee. <laughs> Sarah, nice to talk to you. Thank you Thank for that. You. Thank you. Take care, Sarah Paul in our Birmingham newsroom. So it's going on around the country. Will it go on tonight? Probably. Probably. Uh, Sam says, I think it's about time that the MPs gave powers to teachers and parents to discipline kids from the beginning. Well, that was, that was the big problem. There is no discipline. You can't discipline in schools. You can't... In fact, we've, we've done no end of smacking debates on LBC with the, with the whole discipline section. And I remember one, one particular presenter at LBC who, uh, who was totally against disciplining children. Totally against disciplining children. And uh, I always thought that the, the deterrent was actually worse than the action. I mean, we all got... I don't know whether you did or not, but I got smacked a couple of times, you know, when I was, uh, when I was young, if I, if I misbehaved. And because it hurt, you didn't do it again. That was the whole idea. The trouble is, nowadays, your parents tend to be a little bit smaller and the children tower all over them. Uh, the young ones, Steve, who took part in the looting, should be made to help clear up the mess that they made. The police should use more force... Well, the prob- it would be lovely, wouldn't it? Wouldn't it be lovely to think but that Nick will be dwelling on that this morning in the last hour of the programme, looking at the positive side, which is the one thing that we do very well. You know, 
after the Blitz and when London was sort of almost decimated, the British public, the Londoners, went out there and they sorted out their area because you live in it. These people who are going round decimating the areas quite clearly aren't proud of where they live. They think somebody owes them money or a living. And because they can't be bothered to actually get out there and work or do anything at all, they've decided to take it. All orchestrated, I would think, on, on Twitter. Uh, Alison is another one who says poverty. I could, I could sort of understand if they were running up the road with a chicken and an arm full of vegetable, but no, they're, they're going for televisions and trainers. I'm a single mum and both my kids know all about consequences. My daughter's naturally bored. We're halfway through the summer holidays and she's missing school, but she's not out there looting and running wild. Open up the schools, get them all back in again. Well, that would be good, wouldn't it? If indeed half these people ever went to school. I'm not totally convinced. Having listened to some of them, you know, I'm, I'm not really sure whether they've, they've had an education or they're even able to concentrate on stuff like that. Uh, another one here. Uh, Tony says, why is it whenever the use of water cannon or tear gas is raised by the public, it's brushed off by Boris or the Met? Well, I think they, they would think that was, that was fairly serious and probably a little bit too serious. Prosecute the parents of these thugs. Well, the parents will, will just hold their hands up, I'm afraid, and say, well, nothing to do with us. Although there is such a thing as parental responsibility. Debbie says, if we can't toughen up our prisons, we should deal with the SA, with the USA, Thailand and Turkey and send our offenders there to do a prison term. No, well, I, th- I thought China would be a fairly popular one. Looking at their human rights issues, that would be a great idea. Put the obs in boiler suits with mindless moron written on it and chain them all together and get them picking up litter from motorways. Oh, no, they're, they're, I'm sure you couldn't do that. You'd you manage to find a lawyer who would say that's infringing their, their human rights, embarrassing them. Do you remember there was that, that poor man who got done a short while ago? He discovered one of his employees was stealing from him. So he marched him through, through the town with a notice around his neck saying, I am a thief, who got prosecuted. The man who put the notice around the neck of the other one. So, uh, th- unfortunately, th- there's very little chance of ever getting there. Uh, Steve, with regards to police on the street, all the Met police leave is cancelled until further notice. Matt is on his way back to duty after just three hours sleep. I'll tell you, I wouldn't want to be a police officer in this day and age. Not Over these, over these last few days, I absolutely would not uh, want to be anything to do with it. They, they take their life in their hands, these people who've got no respect for them. Everybody else has got respect for the police. You know, the rest of us, I keep reminding people that no matter how bad it seems in the newspapers, there's nine million of us here in, in Greater London. 8.9 million of us are really, really nice people and we're very proud of where we live and we're very proud of the heritage and we're very proud of our history and we're very proud of the way that we can, we can move through this well. Then there's a very small group of people, but uh, we're, I think most of us are fairly like-minded. We're determined that this is not going to affect us. Toby at Moorgate said, here's an idea. If the police arrest anyone, take them to the police station, give them one phone call to contact their parents to come and collect them. Get all the details from the parents. Then if the child is arrested a second time, they can hold the parents responsible and arrest them. It's too simple, that one, isn't it? Far too simple. you imagine? Ugh, ridiculous. It would be good if those convicted of theft in the unrest had all their belongings seized by the police and gave it away to charity as a punishment, says Dave in the Midlands. I mean, the worst thing is they were actually breaking into charity shops the other day. It beggars belief. Their, their, their mental ability is, is almost non-existent, I'm afraid. Uh, why don't we take away their passports, make them prisoners of the country? And oh, no, I'd rather they left the country, to be honest with you. And that's from Phil, who's in Hertfordshire. He said, uh, we all look forward to our holidays abroad. Let's deprive them of this pleasure. If you commit driving offences, you lose your licence. 
What amazed me, and I only thought about it coming in in the car this morning, was there they were, double parking in Tottenham High Road. Not a traffic warden in sight, ladies and gentlemen. He could have made a fortune by ticketing everybody. But the good news is that the police just studied CCTV and wrote down the car numbers, and they've started visiting people who are quite openly stealing from the shops, putting it in the car, driving off, unloading it, coming back and filling up again. But uh, already the arrests have started, so that's good news. Will says, please praise the City of London Police as well as the Met. My friend has worked nights supporting the Met. Obviously, many more police to thank, too. Well, those, the ambulances. Up in Birmingham, they set fire, I think, to two fire engines. And that's the problem. You know, they've got no respect for that. They're they're more than happy to see these places burn. This is LBC 97.3. It's 6.30. Morning, everybody. 26 minutes to 7 Wednesday morning. Kay says uh, the hooligans need to be locked away and the keys thrown away. And uh, the underage one, the parents should be charged. Very hefty fines. Maybe then they'll start questioning where their 10-year-olds are at 1, 2, 3 in the morning. I don't know how they're allowed out at 1, 2, 3 in the morning. But uh, I suspect that the parents really couldn't care less at all, I'm afraid, which is the uh, the sad thing. 84850, steve at lbc.co.uk. The answer is... As we asked you yesterday, and the answer is, we don't know what the answer is. We don't have enough room in the prisons. You know, the torching of cars. Listening to that young man on the news, I say young man, a rather intellectually challenged young man, who said it's payback time. The police are always stopping us, and this is payback. So payback time is, the police are always stopping you, so you set fire to somebody's property or you rob somebody else. How is that payback time? So it'd be all right if that person came around to your house and smashed all your windows in, because that would be payback time for what you've just done to his property. They're so stupid. It's al- it almost beggars belief. They quite clearly cannot have had educations. Yesterday, the London Mayor Boris Johnson followed other leading politicians by cutting short his family holiday and returning to the capital. Last night, he spoke to fellow presenter Ian Dale here on LBC about the violence that has erupted across the capital. Ian started by asking him if he'd allowed criminals to set the agenda. You know, when you look at uh, what would happen, what happened earlier on in, uh, in, the, in these events over the, last, over the last few days, you had to make a, a call about how bad it was going to be. And uh, there's obviously a, a, a judgment. As soon as, as soon as it became clear that this was going to uh, spread out beyond uh, Tottenham, there was no, I had no, I was absolutely no question. And um, uh, unfortunately, I was, it was logistically very difficult. But, you know, my logistical difficulties, let's face it, are absolutely nothing compared to what has been happening Okay, well, here what difference in, have you made London today since you've been in back? the last three days. And what I've been able to do today is get out to uh, at least two of the, two of the uh, worst hit areas, that's down to, to Clapham and to, and to Croydon, and to talk to shopkeepers, talk to the police, talk to the fire services, uh, the, fire, the fire brigade, uh, everybody who's been involved in, in clearing up the mess. And... Clearly, the, the most important thing that we've been focusing on is, as you indicated right at the beginning of your show, Ian, a repetition. Mm. Is this going to happen again? People want to know. And that all flows from people's sense of anger about what happened over the last three days. But preventing it happening again, uh, Boris, that, that means that something's got to change tonight. There's got to be a change of approach in policing, hasn't me- there? Let me take you through some of the things that we're, 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 we're looking at. The, the most important thing is, I think, everybody agrees that this thing has been like, it's like, been like an asteroid. We had no idea it was coming. It, it's, it's, been, it's been far bigger and more spectacular in its impact than uh, we imagined it, it 
it possibly could be. And there seems to be a kind of madness running through the uh, contagious madness in the minds of, of young people. So, we, so we, it, it is obvious that there were not enough police out there to begin with, and everybody accepts that. Everybody understands that the the response times were not good enough. Too many shops were left to be looted. Too many buildings were left to be burned. Too many people were intimidated without any comeback at all. And obviously, that was completely intolerable. So tonight. But what does it say? Uh, what about no, just, just, just one second? Just one second. No, just one second. Yeah, what what sure. does it say about police tactics when we've seen television pictures of shops being looted and rows and rows of police <laughs> standing there doing absolutely yeah. nothing? Now they're probably as frustrated as the shopkeepers yeah. are, but they've had orders they, from on high not to intervene. No, Why? Well, they are. They. Let, let me. There are two points. The first is that we've increased the numbers. So, uh, and I was, I was coming to that. So we're going up. We're going up from six thousand to sixteen thousand tonight. That's a massive presence. Uh, a big presence on the street and i tell you Ian, we will do what it takes to make london safe and the instructions to the to the police is this this requires a robust response okay what does a that robust, mean well it means we're not we're not some um autocracy we're not a despotism here we don't we don't we don't use um terroristic methods to suppress people in our on our streets we don't we don't do that kind of thing uh, but we will police London robustly to make it safe. And Londoners must be able to reclaim their streets. They must feel safe on the streets of London. It is absolutely of paramount importance. I have been appalled to go around and talk to people uh, who are in a state of amazement and shock at what seems to have happened over the last three days. People, I think, are finding it very hard to take in. So uh, a, a more police and a more robust approach. So, and, and the third thing, I w I w obviously, and people will say, what about uh, rubber bullets? What about uh, baton rounds? What about tear gas? What about water cannon? All, uh, uh, you know, all those things have their, their disadvantages. All of those things have their uh, issues surrounding them. But what I, what I will say to you, Ian, is that we will keep all those things under review. Well, but for how moment, long? Because people can't stand this for much longer. Well, as I say, uh, for the moment, what we want to do is greatly to ramp up the numbers and uh, to have a more robust approach. And I want to see Londoners feeling that their police do not hang back and that when a shop is attacked, the looters are not allowed to scurry out with uh, shopping trolleys full of uh, electronic goods or, or whatever it happens to be, uh, or, or, to, or well, to raid... Well, but most uh, of us can't understand why that's been allowed over the last two nights. It, it seems incredible when the police are physically present when this is happening that they do not intervene. And I don't understand the mindset of a senior police officer who doesn't want to intervene in those circumstances. Well, uh, let me put it to you that uh, their instructions are to act robustly and... Well, that's that word again, that no one seems to understand what it means. And, uh, and in conformity... Uh, with the law and with the traditions of British policing. And that means that if people are so stupid, so violent, so nihilistic, so callous, so selfish, so brutal as to intimidate people and to raid shops, then they can expect the police to come down hard on them. Let me put it like that. Some very brave Turkish men in Stoke Newington last night stood outside their restaurants, their properties with baseball bats. Now, I saluted them last night. I congratulate Do you? them. I do, and I want to say uh, to them how much I admire them for the community spirit that they showed and their resolution and their defiance. And, and, th and that is, I think, what Londoners are starting to show. I went, when, I w when I was in Clapham, I talked to a huge group of people who were armed with brooms. In fact, they even gave me a broom uh, who turned up uh, to clean the, clean the streets to, and, to, and to repair their shops. And I salute them, 
And that is the spirit of London. That is a completely different spirit from the spirit of those who go around uh, smashing shops and, and destroying livelihoods. And it, can, it cannot be stressed too often. This, what is happening now, Ian, th- there is no ideological backdrop to this. There is no, you know, I don't believe that you can uh, detect in these people's motivations, in the vast majority of them, uh, long-term sociological, socio-economic uh, forces at work. This is, they are motivated by a wanton desire to cause destruction and to steal. And they need to meet the full force of the law. Just, just one final question. You're, you're used to very friendly receptions wherever you go. I've been out with you. I know how people normally react to you. Yet the pictures I saw on my television screen from the reaction pe- to people to you in Clapham this afternoon was very different. And you kind of did. Oh, I, you I you, you kind of ran away from them, though. And I, I was quite surprised that you did that. Well, that's. I'm afraid. Unfortunately, that's not trying. I had to get on well, to, to. Well, I watched it on television. Um, well, don't believe everything you see. You see, on, <laughs> you see on television. Um, uh, I, I stayed for a. a, a, a you know, I understand completely why people felt as, as they did. And in, in fact, um, you know, the the reception was. I would say was was mixed rather than um, rather than. You know, but you're not used to that, are you? Hostile. And I, you know, come on, I completely understand why people uh, would feel a sense of frustration with the the, the city authorities, incarnated by me. Uh, you know, turning up uh, on a day when their 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 town, you know, the the centre of Clapham has been trashed. Uh, what kind of a, a, a reception do you think uh, anybody is going to get on it? This is this has been a a, a dark day. Ian. This has been a dark day for our city, but I want to leave you with this thought that London is the greatest city on earth. We are going to come through this, and I hope that the community spirit that you've alluded to uh, uh, in Hackney, the spirit that I saw in Clapham, in Croydon, is going to bring our city together, and we are going to rebuild uh, those buildings that have been burned. We're going to repair those shops, and we're going to get London ready for the Olympics, and we're going to have an Olympics that runs just as beautifully as the royal wedding. God, I do hope so. That's the uh, London Mayor Boris Johnson talking to LBC presenter Ian Dale yesterday. More of your texts and emails. We've got loads coming in this morning. We're trying to think of an alternative, something that would act as a deterrent for these uh, youngsters, although most of them seem to think it's payback time. That's why they, they, that's why they go looting. Trish says these people need to be humiliated, parade them in the streets, put them in the stocks, and let us, the law-abiding people, throw rotten fruit at them. Well, that, well I've, I mooted that one some time ago, actually. I think the stocks was a very good deterrent. The ducking stool's fairly popular. Another sleepless night, Steve, for me in Enfield. A warehouse on fire and reported vigilantes in the town. For the first time, I'm lost for words. I think there were lots of people standing outside their restaurants, weren't there, in Enfield. It certainly happened down in Southall, thinking that if it moved into our area... You're not touching our air. It's as simple as that. We're immensely proud of it. Andy says the police get knocked time and time again. Who blames them for holding back? The public get the police service they deserve. The army would only have the same powers as the police, but would they get more support? I don't know. Lucy says, when the thugs are sentenced, round them together, send them abroad to discipline camps without mobiles and computers and to wear a uniform and do it quickly without press coverage. Well, that would be a, a very good idea. I think boot camps people are talking about now and you absolutely but if they've been rioting at the Feltham Young Offenders Institute then what hope for the rest of us? Met police are using Surrey police cells as far as Guildford and cells in Hampshire says Liam Fulham because most of the police stations as I pointed out earlier on unfortunately don't don't have huge facilities. Some police stations have only got one or two cells 
You would, very rare to find somebody who's got ten cells. In Twickenham, I think we have six. I think Teddington's got more cells, strangely enough. Peter from Kent says, the best thing to do with these scum on the streets was stealing and looting our towns and cities. Send them to the South Pole. Well, I, we, we suggested sending them anywhere, actually dropping them out of a plane over Afghanistan. was fairly popular the other day. And a lot of people, including Colette, say... Uh, regarding the suggestion of removing the passport to prevent them going on holiday, they probably don't go away because they wait while the neighbours go and then rob them. Yes, I don't think the, the, these people who are looting look the type to be queuing up to get on EasyJet, to be going off to Brussels or anywhere like that. I don't know whether or not you think differently. It's the fact that they interview people on the television now and they've got their complete faces covered with a pair of sunglasses on there. You're thinking, we can still see you, you know. You're still identifiable. Your friends will go, we know who you are. If your paper appears in your picture appears in the paper, then it's your it's your duty to report them to the police. Quarter to seven. The news headlines this morning with Sam Pittis. Police have faced rioting across the country, but the level of violence in London was greatly reduced. 81 people have been arrested in London overnight, with fires lit again in Enfield and Tottenham. Violence broke out in Manchester, Liverpool, Birmingham, and North Allen. Morning, everybody. 26 minutes to 7 Wednesday morning. Kay says uh, the hooligans need to be locked away and the keys thrown away. And uh, the underage one, the parents should be charged. Very hefty fines. Maybe then they'll start questioning where their 10-year-olds are at 1, 2, 3 in the morning. I don't know how they're allowed out at 1, 2, 3 in the morning. But uh, I suspect that the parents really couldn't care less at all, I'm afraid, which is the uh, the sad thing. 84850, steve at uk. The answer is... As we asked you yesterday, and the answer is, we don't know what the answer is. We don't have enough room in the prisons. You know, the torching of cars. Listening to that young man on the news, I say young man, a rather intellectually challenged young man, who said it's payback time. The police are always stopping us, and this is payback. So payback time is, the police are always stopping you, so you set fire to somebody's property or you rob somebody else. How is that payback time? So it'd be all right if that person came round to your house and smashed all your windows in, because that would be payback time for what you've just done to his property. They're so stupid. It's al- it almost beggars belief. They quite clearly cannot have had educations. Yesterday, the London Mayor Boris Johnson followed other leading politicians by cutting short his family holiday and returning to the capital. Last night, he spoke to fellow presenter Ian Dale here on LBC about the violence that has erupted across the capital. Ian started by asking him if he'd allowed criminals to set the agenda. You know, when you look at uh, what would happen... Certainly got you uh, reaching for your phones and uh, texting and emailing this morning at 12 minutes to 7 about uh, the deterrent to stop this happening again and hoping that it is. I mean, I just think we have to give the police more more powers. A lot of people saying Enfield, really terrible, but with these vigilante gangs on the streets now. Uh, very quickly, one here says um, the best thing to do with the, uh, the scum on the streets is, uh, again, lock them up, throw away the key. Boot camps, very popular now. Somebody says, Steve, how about properly educating children in the first place? No, too late, because there's too many do-gooders, I'm afraid, out there. Don't smack kids, don't do this, don't tell the little mites off. In fact, there's a story in the paper today of some, uh, some troublemakers, let's call them troubled children, who were sent off to Alton Towers to have a day out. It's marvellous, isn't it, really? Uh, round up the looting criminals, send them out to the front line to help the boys fighting legitimately for our country. If they want to fight, let them fight. But not over here. And Ron says, where are all the do-gooders now that think you shouldn't smack your children and don't want to punish people when they do something wrong? Yes, people think you should talk about it. I don't think you can talk to these people. I don't think it's, I don't think it's actually within their, their psyche. Uh, very quickly, let's go through uh, some more of your... Uh, your emails here. Why not give the parents community service sentences and ensure that they undertake them with some sort of identification? That would make them more aware, says Elaine. 
If only, I mean, to be honest with you, I wish it. I wish it would work. I've just got this horrible feeling that they don't. The, the parents care even less. We were hearing a story earlier on of Croydon of, of a woman outside McDonald's directing people as to which best way to break into the shop, and and parents giving almost shopping lists to their children. So, uh, like parent, like child, as they say. Stephen Bridlington says, I think the reason. Uh, London was more quiet last night, was that the looters were watching their newly acquired televisions. Well, we, d- we did point out at the beginning of the programme why on earth people would watch it. Te- Most of these people don't watch television. They're, they're probably quite surprised to discover how many channels they've got. Two and a half miles from the city centre, says Paul in Manchester. And at the moment, all's quiet here. 47 people arrested so far. And at the moment, we're waiting to hear from our nephew, who's an ordinary PC and has been on duty since early yesterday evening. Thoughts with everyone, both here, London and elsewhere, who's caught up in this senseless waste just uh, hearing apparently most of the business that have been damaged and are insured should receive money to rebuild. Now, what comfort that brings to people who've lost everything, I don't know. I don't know either what the answer is regarding what we do with the perpetrators. Prisons are full, police stations are full or even closed because of the cuts. Did they not in uh, Nottingham set fire to a police station up there? And it's, it's quite normal to, to see that the firemen come under attack from these people now. It's really, it's quite appalling. Uh, 84850, Steve at LBC. Why do they call the police the feds? This seems to crop up time and again. We had Mr Duggan who died. He tweeted, I think, or texted on his phone, the feds are after me, and and somebody else. Perhaps they think we're in America or something. Regarding the prison ship, uh, if we had a prison ship, fill it up and hope that the Somalian pirates kidnap it if we sail it out to sea. That's a good... We could just say, I'm terrible, sorry, we haven't actually got the money to pay the ransom, so we won't bother. Um... One here, we can implement Sharia law. That will sort them out. Um, I don't think anything... I, I don't know what, the, what the, the thing is. In Harrow, says Tim, I witnessed three youths swagger past police officers with hoods concealing their faces. What was funny, it was really sunny. They must have been really hot. I think we must de-hood the youth. Hoodie's sole purpose is to intimidate, but will not intimidate me. I totally agree. I think they just look a bit silly. Of course, we had a situation yesterday. I'd, I was I had my hair cut yesterday, you know, just the one hair, and um, and, and we saw a group of people meeting outside Poundland, and somebody said they're not starting over here, are they? I went, no. I had a good look. I said, no, no, they're just the chuggers. We had all the all the chuggers in yesterday. Not one of their better days. Lou says re-prison space is the clink still in existence. The very famous prison. It absolutely is. It's a bit of a tourist attraction, but I see no reason why it shouldn't be called back into use again. Alistair... <coughs> excuse me. It's, honestly, I've never done so much talking in my life here. Alistair in Tottenham says, Where and when are the elections for community leaders? Where do I get my application form from? Craig says, It's not completely fair to blame the parents for the kids being out so late. They're too busy looking after the grandchildren. That's a good one. That's a good one. Why hasn't the military been called in to support the police force? Ask the government. Get the parents to pay for the damage by selling their car and homes, and the parents will know what the kids are doing. Yes, it's about time that somebody was made to pay for these things. As opposed to go... Although, you know, if, if somebody takes a television home... I mean, call me a bit naive, but my mother would have said, where'd you get that from? At three in the morning. Very worrying and unbelievable how our wet blanket Mayor Steve talks about robust... The only robustness in all this are the Turkish who had to do their own policing. What a great job they did. The police should take notes, says Bernie. Jake in Aldershot, the right idea is imprisonment, but the prisons are full and overflowing. So make the thugs a prisoner of their own home, charge them, sentence them with community service to tidy their own mess, put them under house arrest, use ankle braces, stuff like that. If only you thought, but the problem is so huge, you could never, you could never police it. That's the problem. The children of yesterday are the parents of today. They were not disciplined. How do you expect them to discipline their kids, says Anne? 
We should be careful of arming our police. These mindless kids will do likewise. Do not endanger our brave men. And, uh, Steve, thank you to all the police and emergency services who've been dealing with these terrible incidents. Let's hope these thieves and horrible people are dealt with severely. They've ruined parts of London. Uh, Jill says, I've never heard such nonsense that I've just heard from Boris. Seems to be generally the thoughts. Boris will pop up with uh, Nick Ferrari this morning, and I'm sure that you've got thoughts on that. And, uh, Steve, you've got a brilliant show. I'm a 43-year-old father of two sons, daughter 18... And uh, both have been kept indoors after they finished work. So why is it so hard for other parents to control their children? I think because I've seen them on the television. They say, where, where are you going? I'm going out. Come back in here. They walk, they walk straight out. They don't bother. It's ridiculous. Dave in Wembley wants to send them to Iraq. Chris says, surely it's time to look at the ID card issue again. Sue reckons use the closed schools as temporary prisons and courts. Well, I think they have to, to bring in... Um, definitely night courts, as simple as that. And I did miss Janice in Crouch End changing the subject completely. A programme last night called The Circus Comes to Town. A little bit of light relief, I think, in these, uh, in these troubled times. More of your uh, emails here. Just, uh, just one or two that popped in. Um, another one here, uh, which says... Wait a this is from, uh, from Glenn. He says... Uh, do you think the police are about to face a real problem over the shooting? I don't know, actually. They're, they're, they're still going through that one. There are issues in the paper today, which I'm sure that uh, you'll be re- reading. Uh, Brett is in Sydney. Very disappointed what's happening in London. Certainly wasn't as bad last night. Certainly wasn't as bad. I would like to know why, when a store in Manchester was being looted and all the scumbags went under the shutter, did the police, who were a few feet away, did not go and stand in front of the shutters, one of their vans, and tear gas a lot of them, says Lordes. Uh, the problem is they're, they're duty-bound to protect people, surprisingly. They actually look on looting as not being as important as maybe looking after human life. And that is the, that is the big problem. Front pages of all the papers this morning. The Express uh, sweep the scum off our streets. And there's a, a band of people in Clapham who went out there with their, with their brooms to sweep up and put their area back together again. The Daily Star will shoot the looters. The fight back starts now. The fallen hero on the front of the, of the Daily Mirror and the sun coming with Shopper Moron with loads and loads of pictures. I'm back with you tomorrow morning. Do podcast the programme. You can check out all the pictures of the events around the country by going to the LBC website. Nick and the team with you. Uh, at 7 o'clock this morning, which is in a, in a matter of uh, minutes. Before all of that, I wish you all a safe and pleasant day. Let's hope it's safe for all of us. And here's this morning's business update with Sam Pittis. Thank you, Steve. The footseat will open after closing.